welcome to uh, another edition where I've got a fantastic new guest and today's guest hails from uh, Harare, Zimbabwe and he grew up in a Grand Slam winning tennis mad family with his brother Byron and his sister Cara. He then went on to attend the University of Southern California and has represented Zimbabwe in both the Olympics and in the Davis Cup. He has won all four tennis Grand Slams, including the US Open men's doubles, the Australian Open title with uh, fellow Zimbabwean Kevin Elliott, and he has also won the mixed doubles French Open, as well as the Wimbledon mixed doubles, both with sister Cara Black. I'd like to make a, a massive welcome to Wayne Black. Wayne, thank no you problem. so much for joining me. Um, I know that you had a, a trip back to Zim recently, but you're back in the UK. What uh, what have you been up to and, and how have you been keeping? No, good, thanks. Good, thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I moved to London in July last year, um, you know, uh, with the unpredictability of COVID and everything. So, um, you know, we moved the family over here just to, in this, uh, waiting to see what happens. But the kids have settled in, my family settled in here nicely and the kids are at school. So. We're just going to see, uh, you know, they're going to finish high school here now. It's no, no need to, no point in rushing them back to Zim again and unsettling them. But, uh, yeah, no, I was just there last month. It was nice. There was a few tennis tournaments. The Zim came off the red list. And, uh, yeah, it was quite uh, quite lucky. The kids had a couple of weeks of half term and uh, these tournaments came on and, um, and, and Zim came off the red list. So we shut back to Zim for a, for a few weeks. It was nice. Nice to get back. Nice to see the sunshine. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, I did I did read somewhere, um, and I don't know if you can elaborate a bit, that you won uh, a doubles tournament with your son. I think it was the Isha Open. Um, so I take it you're, you're still very active and, and very much uh, a part of the tennis world. Yeah, I've been, uh, yeah, my kids are playing. Um, my daughter's 14 my son's uh, nearly 16 and uh yeah they've been they've been playing uh, quite a bit and um yeah i played uh we played before the week before that we played in eastbourne i played mixed with my daughter as well and uh and i was uh, playing dubs with my son and we were actually in the semis of both uh, uh both events but then uh it was on grass and then obviously the heavens opened and the tournament got cancelled so unfortunately we <laughs> We didn't finish it, but um, yeah, it was nice to nice to play with him. It's quite quite funny, um, you know, playing with my sister and my brother all these years, and then now I'm playing with my kids, and, <laughs> and I'm out of shape now, big time as well. So it is a <laughs> it's really it's uh, if it wasn't frustrating before, it's really frustrating now. But they're different different level of tournaments anyway that we're playing at the moment. <laughs> I'm sure the competitive juices are, are still very much flowing. Um, so it's it's good to see that you're you're back playing again, and and that's that's very cool that the family's over and that you can play some tournaments. Um, hopefully, as we move towards summer and a better weather, although you never know in the UK. Yeah, we played a, we played a, me and my son played a league match for our Sutton club uh, this past weekend, and I hadn't picked up a racket since since this Easter Open. Like, so it was like. Four four months ago, and so my body is very very stiff at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously here you are now in the UK playing playing with your kids, which is fantastic. But I'm going to take you back to to your early days when you were were growing up in in Zimbabwe playing tennis. 
what what can you remember about about growing up in Zim and, and sort of being part of the the black tennis family? I remember my dad uh, making us play three or four hours every day. <laughs> um, no, it was just every day was the same. Eh? It was the same. We uh, my dad woke us up at five o'clock every morning. I don't know if many people know this, but he he we had five tennis courts. Uh, back in Zim. We had one hard court and four grass court. My dad was infatuated by Wimbledon uh, when he played there in the 50s. So he tried to build his own little Wimbledon and Harari, and uh, which he pretty much did. So uh, yeah, we'd wake up at five, we'd, we'd play tennis from six to seven, have a quick breakfast, shoot off to school and uh, come back, uh, come back 1.30, we'd play tennis again from two to three, have a quick rest or he'd try to make us do some homework between three and five and uh play tennis from five to sort of six thirty. so yeah it was uh it was just yeah routine eh? it's you know it's uh, so long ago now it's uh <laughs> but that's pretty much what i remember <laughs> and and you mentioned that you'd you'd head off to to school so both junior school and and senior school what what schools did you go to and was it always tennis for you? I know you, you said you were forced to do a bit of homework and schoolwork, but were there any other sports that you played? Um, no, so I went to, uh, yeah, I went to Lursum uh, Junior School and then um, I was lucky enough to be, uh, found a member of St. John's High School. Byron, Byron had to go to Oriel. St. John's opened up and uh, yeah, I went there till obviously completed O-levels there. And uh St. John's, obviously, as you will know, it's quite a heavily intense uh, sporting school. So, um, you know, all the teachers and the headmasters wanted me to play uh, all, all the different sports, but my uh, dad was fully against it. So uh, every term, or at least once a year, you had to go into the school and have a meeting with the headmaster to get me off rugby or hockey <laughs> or cricket. <laughs> and... Uh, he did it. He did it fairly well. He did it fairly well. He had threatened the headmaster that he'd take me out of school if if he didn't uh, <laughs> if he didn't do so. But um, yeah, I had to play. Uh, obviously, I played tennis for um, for St John's, and uh, yeah. But to answer your question, yeah, I didn't play any other sports. <laughs> so your your dad did a very good job there, and. After after your after your O levels after St John's College, you then went to the University of California. Yeah, luckily enough, I had Byron. I had Byron easier to follow in my footsteps, and uh, yeah, I followed Byron his his footsteps. And uh, we actually, yeah, in between O levels, we um, we went to John Newcomb's Tennis Academy in Texas, and it was all arranged by the ITF, the International Tennis Federation. Um, uh, used to help us out quite a lot in those days. We spent a year there and basically did a bit of high school, uh, American high school there. And then from there, we went to uh, University of Southern California. And Byron being four years ahead of me, he was obviously, um, you know, laying the pathway for me. So it was, um, yeah, easy for me. I mean, Byron was a very good, very good junior. So he was, um, he was recruited um, obviously well. And then he did well at, at USC. And uh yeah, and then the coach, uh, I wasn't a very good junior. So luckily the coach gave me a, gave me a little trial run on, on, on the basis of uh, I was Byron's brother. But, um, but luckily when I got to USC, I, was, um, I lifted my game a bit and 
started playing well for the team. So, yeah, they kept me there for the, well, well I was going to say four years. I only did three years, but... But yeah, I had a great, great time at that at that school. It was it was great. I mean, I, I've had a look at their notable alumni list, and and you were inducted into their their hall of fame. Yeah, we went there three years ago. Yeah, it was massive. It was lovely. Yeah. Great to see this old school. I haven't been back there since late nineties, probably. So it was magic to see the place again. Yeah, and they put on a great show for us and everything. Fantastic. Mm. And then that would have springboarded your your career, your your professional career. And I'm just going to give you some some stats here, Wayne, uh, so to speak. So over the span of your career, you won 18 doubles titles, 14 with Kevin Elliott, one with your your brother Byron. And you also represented Zimbabwe in three Olympic Games. So Atlanta in 96, Sydney in 2000, and Athens in 2004. You notably came up against uh, number one ranked twins, uh, Bob and Mike Bryan. And out of your, I, I guess my question is, out of your, your three partners that you played the most of your career with, being Byron, Sister Cara, and obviously Kevin Elliott, what were they each like to play with? And, and what did they each offer that was, that was different to the other? Gee. Uh <laughs> I only played with Byron once or twice on the on the tour. He helped me. He helped me. Um, I think in one tournament uh, when I was starting, and then we played obviously together in the Davis Cup uh, because Kevin joined quite late, so that's why we played together. And then, uh, yeah, I think we played maybe one on, once or twice uh, when neither of neither of us had a, a partner, but. We weren't great suited uh, to play with each other. We were, uh, you know, we were two short guys and, and on the doubles court. And it's, I think, you know, I think like a marriage, opposites attract on the, uh, when, you, when you want to find your doubles partner. You want a nice, you want to, you know, if, you, if you've got a good return, say you want to play with a guy who's got a great serve. And so, uh, you know, we were both returners and, and not such good servers. So uh, we weren't a great... Um, match and on top of that we were brothers anyway so it's you know it's tough to play with your brother any uh, <laughs> throughout the year anyway so um and with kevin uh with kevin it was just fantastic okay we um we were uh, we really gelled well i mean obviously we're from the same background we hired a coach who was one of my best friends miles mcclagan um so the three of us just got on so well and and it just everything gelled, gelled with our because it wasn't only your on-court stuff; it was just your relationship. And and you know you gotta you gotta be with your partner all the time. You know you have dinner together every night. You you know you so you gotta be you gotta get on well together, um, not just on the court. So yeah, it was it was magic playing with Kevin. And uh, you know mixed doubles, you only play four times a year. It's not it's not every week. It's not week in and week out. So. You know, mixed was was great. Uh, teaming up with Cara and um, you know, as I said, it's it's only four times a year, so you you really look forward to it. And uh, you know, I think I think she learned a lot from us from us brothers. Uh, and uh, you know, she listened to us on the court too. So uh, you know, that we really got on well when she when she did what I said on the court. <laughs> <laughs> I never really. I played mixed. I didn't really even play mixed until Cara uh, got on the tour. Really, 
Um, I played once with my wife and once, uh, I think once with some other, some other lady and I never, so I always really played with my sister. And, and how did that, uh, that match with your, with your wife go, by the way? <laughs> yeah, we played Wimbledon together. We won one and we, then we lost second round and, uh, uh, no, it went okay. It went okay. I was actually, I actually felt more pressure playing with my, well, she wasn't my wife then. She was my girlfriend, but, uh. it was pressure yeah so you had a a very successful career and at the the peak of your powers you were ranked fourth in the world and you've notoriously as i mentioned won all four of the grand slams so in in chronological order when you've you won the u.s open in 2001 with kevin elliott you won the French Open in 2002 with your sister Cara, Wimbledon in 2004 again with Cara, and finally you won the Australian Open to complete the, the Grand Slam in 2005 with Kevin Elliott. So I'm not going to ask you about each individual final and the build-up to that, but I just wanted to ask which one was the most rewarding, which one would you relive, and which one gave you the most joy? Yeah, it's, hey, it's very hard to answer that one. I mean, look, uh, you know, you can't beat winning Wimbledon with your with your sister, you know, and, you know, I think that means so much to me because, you know, my dad would have just, my if my dad was alive then, he would have, you know, just, you know, he would have made him the, the happiest guy ever, I think. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd have to pick that just because of him. You know, he, you know, he always just talked Wimbledon, Wimbledon, Wimbledon. Obviously, when we were growing up, as, uh, when, we were grow- when we were very young and Zim, I don't know if you'd remember, but we had, we had one channel and, and I didn't even know until I was about 12, I didn't even know that there were other tournaments in the world. I thought Wimbledon was the only tournament that existed. And I thought the finals of Wimbledon was just one, I thought Wimbledon was just one match because <laughs> Zim only showed the final, <laughs> so, um, you know, life was about Wimbledon and, uh, you know, he just, uh, and as I said earlier, he just, you know, he built many Wimbledon and Zim. And uh, I think that would have just, yeah, that would have made him very happy, yeah. So I'd have to put that one at the top of the list. But, you know, I mean, I mean, the highlights also are Davis Cup, you know, I mean, uh, you know, Davis Cup, winning Davis then, but, you know, I've been so lucky I'm playing mixed with my sister and playing Davis Cup with my brother. It's um, I almost had the best of both worlds. Um, you know, playing Davis Cup with your brother, you know, and with Kevin when he joined later on, you know, in front of that home Zim crowd, it was just absolutely magical. You know? And, um, yeah, some victories we had there was just, uh, was just fantastic. So you've, you've brought in um, the, the next question very nicely there, Wayne. And, in the Davis Cup, obviously representing Zimbabwe, and you, you notably took part in the World Group for three years, in 1998, 1999, and in 2000. So I'll walk you through again, so please bear with me, Wayne, but I'm, I'm gonna walk you through 98, where you beat Australia in round one, and they boasted the likes of Patrick Rafter, Mark Philippoussis, and, and you beat them in their backyard 3-2. And you then lost in that uh, that particular year to the finalists, Italy, in in the quarterfinal. 
And then going on to 99, you, you lost to winners Australia at home, 4-1 in round one. And finally, in 2000, you went on to host, and this is just incredible for a, a small African country, you went on to host the USA, who were captained by John McEnroe in, in round one, where you played against Andre Agassi. And Zimbabwe, unfortunately, just came up short 3-2. I mean, how do you even describe those, those achievements and, and all that Zimbabwe had achieved with you guys at the helm all those years ago? Yeah, I, 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 yeah you, you kind of put it into words. I mean, it just, you know, at that stage of your life, I guess you just, you know, you're traveling the world, you, you just, you know, you actually, I mean, Davis Cup, it was, it just meant so much to me. You know, I'd, I'd always, you know, you'd travel on the tour for six weeks and you had a big Davis Cup match coming up at home and it was just, uh, it was just the greatest thing, playing in front of your friends, you know, the family and, and um you know, the the crowds was just the crowd was just phenomenal. I mean, they got us through so many matches, and and uh, you know, we would always wait for the draw. And after a match, we'd wait for the draw the next, the, you know, the next to see who we were playing next, and praying we're getting a home tie. You know, because <laughs> playing Davis Cup away from home was 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 you know was brutal, it was tough, always tough. But uh, you know, just playing playing for somebody—that's what I really I really struggled with on the on the tour playing for yourself it's really uh that's why i think my you know i could should have had a better singles career but i really struggled you know playing for myself and, and struggled with the motivation and, and things like that and but uh and maybe part of the problem was getting this getting so used to playing davis cup and you know playing playing for your country when everybody's pushing you and, and, and cheering you on i mean yeah the feeling was the feeling was sensational um but yeah, going out on tour after after that was a struggle to lift to lift yourself up to to uh, to play. Um, but uh, yeah, those were just just magical moments, magical moments in our life, and uh, yeah, we'll just never forget them. And and when I will just ask, I I had a, a chat with Benji Locke, and he shared a little bit of a, a story about when you guys played the Australians in '98. And as the story goes, they invited Zim over and they thought they, they would try and, I suppose, stitch you up by, by having you play on their grass courts, thinking that that wasn't a, a surface in Zimbabwe or a particularly uh, profound surface in Zimbabwe. Are you able to shed a bit of light on, on that story? <laughs> yeah, they stuffed that one up. Eh? Um, <laughs> they... <laughs> they uh... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they they it was it was talked about and joked on the tour often for years after that. With Aussie, yeah, why Aussie put us on the on the grass? It was it was strange. I think, I, you know, again, I think they obviously didn't do their research and they thought two short guys definitely not going to be you know good grass court players. But um, you know, as it turns out, you know the the fast surface helps helps us. And me and Byron were were we loved the fast. We loved the fast courts, and I mean, obviously, growing up on it, and and at high altitude, you know, you re, you learn in Zim very high altitude. The ball is the ball moves fast, and you're playing on a quick court. You know, you learn very fast uh, hands and hand-eye coordination and and things like that. So, uh, yeah, that, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's quite funny. 
So uh, yeah, we really uh, we're really lucky with that uh, with that tie that they played us in that. Because if they played us on the normal hard court or slow courts, they they would have killed us. <laughs> yeah. So you've you've got a lot to to be grateful um, for having the Harari Wimbledon in your backyard. So that that's yeah. done you the world of good in your in your yeah. career. Yeah. The year after that, we played them on our on our home court, and they killed us. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they were eager to get revenge. They were really, they were really fired up. <laughs> yeah. So you guys achieved some amazing stuff for for Zimbabwe, and and obviously just to to end the more formal part of the interview, Kara has since gone on to be recognised in the the Tennis Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm not sure how often you you see Kevin, and uh, I just thought I'd ask, you know, whereabouts are are the old gang, and and what are they all up to? Yeah, Kara's. Uh... Cara's married an Australian guy, so she's living in Melbourne. So she's been under lockdown for a couple of years now. Uh, yeah, I'll be ho- I'll hope to see her soon. I mean, hopefully Wimby is on this year and everything's fine. And then um, hopefully we'll see her then. But I haven't seen her since July 19, last Wimbledon. And uh, Kevin's in Durban. I actually saw Kevin last week. Uh, it was quite nice. He came to London for a few days. And... Um, yeah, he's got uh, four kids uh, living in in uh, Zimbabwe, I think. And uh, yeah, Byron's in uh, Nelspruit on White River. Yeah, he's doing a bit of farming. He's not not into not too much into tennis these days. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm glad you got to see uh, got to see Kevin, and hopefully, yeah, the world does return to normal, and you can you can reunite at, at Wimbledon. That'll be cool. Yeah. Mm. So I've just got a, a few sort of quick fire questions to to end the, the interview, Wayne. So um, this is a bit more tennis focused in, in hindsight, but in 2021, this year, Novak Djokovic was set to overtake Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal, where they were all tied on 20 Grand Slams each. And if he had won the final Grand Slam of the year being the US Open, he would have completed the, the Grand Slam essentially by winning all four men's majors in a single year. The last to do so was Rod Laver in uh, 1969. But he obviously fell short, losing the US Open final. And I mean, we've been blessed with some amazing men's singles players over the years. Who, in your opinion, is going to be the greatest of all time in men's singles? Yeah, it's... <laughs> Yeah, I, did, I don't know what happened to Novak there. He usually thrives on that kind of pressure. And, um, I mean, obviously, that pressure at the US Open just just must have got to him somehow. I mean, he was going for two huge records there, huge. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, us mortals will never understand it, I guess. But, uh, you know, I think, I think the fans' favorite is Roger. You know, he's going to be the greatest. I think a lot of, a lot of people are going to worship Rog forever, but um, uh, I think Novak's, Novak will, will break it, I think. Um, he will win the most slams. Um, he has been number one the longest, and, um, you know, he just is just, and he's done it on, you know, all four surfaces, whereas, you know, Rog has been primarily Wimbledon and Raf has been primarily clay. You know, I think, I think we will have to give it to Novak, I think, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, so the next, the next question would be, 
and I think I know the answer to this, but what is your favorite Grand Slam to play in and why? You know, at the time, I mean, obviously Wimbledon is the greatest to win it, I think, but the best Grand Slam and where we were so comfortable was, was Australian Open. Um, and I actually did my best, I played my best tennis in Australia, especially singles-wise. Um, I don't know if it was because we were fresh coming off a Christmas break or holiday, but uh, I loved playing in Australia. The courts were nice and, and um, just the logistics with everything is so easy there. You know, in, the, in New York, you, gotta, you stay in Manhattan, you've got to drive an hour every day at least if you don't get stuck in traffic. Um, you know, to the courts, you know, Wimby, Wimby is very hectic because you've got friends coming out of the woodworks, like you can't believe organizing tickets and, and there's quite a lot of pressures, uh, you know, stress playing at Wimby. Um, you know, French was nice too, but it was just, it was a, the surface uh, was clay, very slow surface. Uh, so not my favorite to play on that, but uh, yeah, Aussie was, Aussie was the best one to be at. Really, you know, you lived, you, you stayed at a, a flat or a house five minutes away. You know, you're at the courts in 10 minutes. It was just, it was just very easy. Lots of courts, weather, great weather and, and great and always well organized. So, um, you know, Aussie, Aussie was the best in that respect. Okay. And Wayne, outside of tennis, what, what are the things you like to do? What are your, what are your hobbies? What are your passions? Is it, is it watching tennis or do you like to completely switch off? Um, I do keep an interest in tennis, definitely, obviously, because my kids are, are getting involved and, you know, I like watching the majors. I don't, I won't, I won't watch just any tournament, you know, uh, every week. And I'm actually maybe looking to, to get into some coaching, uh, now that my kids are getting a bit older. So, you know, I'm starting to put my put my um, name out there um, as a potential coach. Uh, so yeah, that, that's why I, I do keep an eye on it. You know, it's 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 definitely been a love hate relationship. Uh, you know, tennis. You know, we were. You know, we have been playing since we were three, four years old. And you know, so you know, my brother really is. You know, he's. You know, he's he stepped away from it completely, which is you know, which is fine. Uh, my sister and I still keep uh, still keep sort of an arm's length from it but um you know aware of what's going on and we we've got our coaching licenses now and so all that uh, you have to do in the in these places but um yeah otherwise as you know i like to like to play a bit of football i like liverpool uh and playing our own five-a-side games i really and really enjoy that and uh you know my biggest hobby is uh fishing you know fishing on kariba or the Zambezi, ideally. <laughs> okay, so that leads us nicely again to the, the last question, which is, you've got a, a, a week back in Zim. What does that week look like for you back home? <laughs> yeah, it's calling up the boys and uh, saying, are they ready for a river trip? And we, uh, <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a little lodge in Kanyemba, which is on the Mozambique, Zambian and Zim border. Uh, so we got a nice little camp there, and we uh, we got about five or six shareholders, and uh, yeah, we go there as, as any time we can, and uh, yeah, fish for some tiger, tiger bream, and and watch the animals uh, on the on the banks. It's uh, you know a magic place. Just love, just love it. Yeah, I was there a couple of weeks ago, and 
it was awesome yeah awesome fantastic wayne well that that kind of brings us to to the end of our our chat here and obviously reflecting on what was a, an unbelievable career and you and your family achieved so many fantastic things made the country so proud um and i hope now that you can have many more lads trips to the river hope you can um, get stuck into some coaching and obviously if if the the chassis permits play a lot lots more tennis um but yeah thank you so much for your time it's it's been a pleasure no worries thanks rich thanks a lot